Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number one of The Last Question. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, I decided I really didn't know if I was going to release a video version of this, but I know there's there's folks out there that enjoy uh, watching podcasts or at least listening to them using their YouTube app if you are used to watching other videos or getting other stuff off of YouTube. Uh, but this is mainly... This is mainly built for audio, although we will be doing interviews and we will be doing those on screen as time goes on. So enjoy it however you like. We're going to be on all the major podcast apps and you'll be able to get us on whatever your favorite device is here in the next few days, next week or so. Um, so the last question, episode one. Uh, today, I think if, if we get to it, we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about perfection, cynicism, and resistance. But I think before I go into it, uh, it's probably best that I um, maybe explain what I'm doing here, explain what Enable Word's about. Uh, there's, there's a few of you out there, a good few of you, a good number of you uh, that have been following us for a while, which I am deeply grateful for. Uh, some of you are, are friends and coworkers and colleagues of mine I've known for a long time. And then there's folks out there that I don't know personally. And I'm very appreciative that you've signed on to this for whatever reason you originally found us. Uh, you hit the like button or you hit the follow button and you've engaged here and there. And I am grateful for that too. And I'm grateful for your input. And hopefully you'll engage more as time goes on. So anyway, now I'm rambling. As you can tell, I don't have a script uh, and I'm nervous because this is episode number one. Um, but uh, it's taken me a long time thinking about this project. It's taken me a long time to actually pull the trigger, as it were, to start doing this. And I'll, I'll probably be getting into, into why here in a minute. So Enable Word is the um, parent organization, if you will. It's the label. It's the brand that all of these projects are built under. And a lot of people don't know, uh, two years ago, I started Enable Word. So in 2018, really almost three years ago now, I started this company as an idea uh, when my family and I were still living in Las Vegas. Uh, I am uh, soon to be an Air Force veteran. I spent almost 13 years on active duty. And while I was still in the Air Force, but originally getting out in 2018, I started this uh, company, this business as a copywriting platform and a copywriting business of all things. So that may sound strange to some of you, uh, to others of you who know, I spend a lot of time writing and I've been writing for a long time just on my own. Uh, maybe it doesn't sound that surprising. And I've, but I've learned, I learned very quickly after I started this uh, business that uh, I, I don't enjoy copywriting per se. I'm not a copywriter. I, I have had fun with it the last few weeks. I've been redesigning the webpage. We're getting ready to launch two different coaching programs on the 1st of April. This is 2021, by the way, if in case you are listening to this into the future. But on April 1st, we launch two different coaching programs. And so to build all the infrastructure to that, uh, one, takes a lot of writing and a lot of effort, some of which I grossly underestimated. But two, you really have to find a way to say everything you want to say in the smallest package possible and the smallest number of words in the most economical way possible. And, and that really, at least to me, is what copywriting is or has become. Uh, and so to that end, while I don't see myself as a professional copywriter, while the business has evolved clearly away from that first idea two years ago, uh, I have had fun with it. So two years ago, it was a copywriting business and I started to build up my skills for that. I started to reach out to 
companies and other professionals to work on different projects with them. But I had conceived the company as much a copywriting platform as it also was a training business, um, a, a partnership ultimately that would be focused on leadership training, preparing teams for the unknown, crisis development, or not crisis development, but crisis preparation, crisis management. And if it sounds like it's a bucket full of all sorts of things that don't match up with each other, full of all sorts of cats and dogs, it's because that's exactly what it was. Um, there wasn't really a good vision, which was ultimately my responsibility. There wasn't uh, enough thought to it. And I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, probably not the first person to have that problem, right? You, you start a small business or you have an idea for a small business and, and maybe you're in that boat where you're sticking, you're throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. In my case, I really didn't know anything about business. I never saw myself as a business person, but I was seeing a lot of things that troubled me, seeing a lot of things that bothered me uh, as I ended my time in the military. And as I was talking to more of my friends who had since left and joined the private sector prof for profits and not for profits, there's my phone going off. All right. Sorry about that. So talking to my friends who had gone on to all sorts of other work, right? The, the challenges I was seeing, the things I was seeing in the military aren't certainly aren't unique to the military, but um, you kind of expect us to be better. And I kind of expected us to be better. And it could have been where I was, uh, but, but some of the stuff went beyond just the unit I was assigned to. So I really spent more of my time thinking about how to train and coach leaders and young aspiring supervisors and managers who called themselves managers, but really wanted to be leaders. And yes, those two words mean different things, uh, which we'll get into. And, and I didn't spend any time on copyright. Uh, and uh, I ended up taking one more assignment in the military and the company all all but completely died uh in fact took down took down the mailing address took down most of the website took most of the the branding and presence down stopped on social media just focused on my job uh we we ended up having kids uh, we had our first son in 2019 my wife and i did and uh moved back to ohio and so 2018 for us in a lot of ways was a magical year we said yes to so many things so many opportunities with friends and family. Uh, and we found out we were having a, a child and uh, found out we were moving back home to Ohio, which is where we wanted to end up. So all sorts of great things happened for us in 2018. And so for good reasons, in my case, at least, uh, the business fell by the wayside. So I came here, I came to work, really, I, I work at a university, I work at Ohio State, my alma mater, which is uh, a dream come true. And the challenges I was seeing continued. A lot of what I was seeing, what I was struggling with, persisted. And uh, as I, as 2018 turned into 2019 and 2019 drew on, I realized, you know, it's, it's definitely time for me to move on, not just from the military, but probably from the path that I'm on. And that took me a while to figure out. I was supposed to go to grad school, teach full-time, become an academic, one of those nerdy, nerdy people who really just reads and writes all day. And while I really enjoy the reading and the writing still, I also came to realize that academia was not the place for me for a variety of reasons. Fast forward to 2020, COVID-19 hits, right? And for just about every human on the planet, 
uh, COVID-19 changed the world as we knew it, at least professionally. In some ways for my family, it was, it was a blessing in disguise because it, it pulled us back together. We didn't go out as much or at all, didn't spend a lot of money going out, didn't burn a lot of gas in the car because we weren't commuting to work every day. And so despite the pain and the anguish, despite what is as of now more than half a million Americans dead and more than two and a half million people worldwide, um, despite the tragedy of COVID-19, right? The, the silver lining for my family was really finding time back together. And for me, a real opportunity to figure out what was non-negotiable in my life. Uh, I have talked a lot about values lately. If you follow Enabled Word on Facebook or on Instagram or on LinkedIn, um, feel free, follow us, by the way. If you don't, if, if you've been following us for any length of time, I've, I've talked a good bit about personal values. Um, I went live the other day and talked about one of my own failures because I stuck to my own values and I went put between the company and the team. I chose the team. So I've talked a lot about that. And so where am I going with this, right? I know what's non-negotiable in my life, my wife, my now two sons, that the time and the energy that I need to devote to them is non-negotiable. And it was not always that way while I was on active duty. It was not that way when I was working 16 hours a day, six days a week. And so now as 2021 progresses and Americans and uh, people worldwide are starting to get the vaccine and we, we think we see a light at the end of the COVID tunnel, my time on active duty is ending. And I am looking at the future uh, in the eye and thinking through what the next steps are. So there are various things I'm looking at that I'm working on. Um, in addition to a day job though, this business is taking on a new form and I am pushing really hard uh, to build it into something, frankly, way bigger than what I had pictured originally, um, but with the help of, of some close friends and a couple of really strong mentors uh, and some investment in coaching and training that I needed to help me build my skills. Uh, we're going in a direction that I, that I planted the seed for in 2018, but I really got clarity on in the last few months. Okay, so uh, if you just stumbled upon this podcast, if you just stumbled upon Enable Word in the last couple of days, if you have no idea who I am or what we're doing, that whole story may not have made any sense. And so I'm sorry if that was confusing. I would, I would simply tell you the short version Enable Word has been three years in the making. It's a brand that has kind of been around in the ether for the last three years, but has meant several different things. And from a marketing perspective, you know, I'm not a marketing expert, but my guess is most people would scold me for letting that happen, right? You, whatever your brand is should be synonymous with whatever it is you want to be known by. And I have not uh, paid much attention to that until recently. You know, the, the enabled word idea started as a copywriting, communications, writing and editing type concept. And it really has morphed into enabling in, in all sorts of facets, primarily leaders and young leaders. So what I talk a lot about is the challenge and the difficulty and the extreme care that it takes to lead a team to take care of other people. Uh, and I, 
was hesitant for a long time to start talking about this out in the open to start publicizing myself to start sharing stuff on social media because you know those of you who spend any time on social media know that depending on the platform it can be an outright uh it can just be one huge ball of flames and you could just be spending all your time reading everybody else's arguments but social media does have a purpose right it allows us to refine our message to present our message to a group of people to a group of people that understand where we're coming from and so i've i've figured that out recently i've connected to people who really understand what what you can do that's good with social media but the other thing really that was holding me back right was uh perfection and resistance so if you know me you know that i had have been a perfectionist i still can be and am a perfectionist and despite the number of times I've told people, I've told students, I've told friends, I've told family, right? Perfection is impossible. It's an impossible standard. It's not achievable. We all know that somewhere deep inside. I certainly know that and have experienced plenty of failures professionally and personally to know that perfection is an unattainable standard. And yet I hold myself back from doing things because I'm always trying to plan one more step or think through one more step or prepare some other thing to back me up. And uh, my the current coach I work with, I work with a couple of them, and, and they both uh, remind all of us in the group on a regular basis, right? Imperfect action is much more important than planning. Uh, and one of his core values, in fact, is knowledge is knowing, wisdom is doing, right? You don't get better until you do it, until you try it. Uh, and once you understand that the first few times will suck, right? Like this first episode of the podcast, once I get past the idea that it's going to suck and I just accept that and absorb it. And then once I acknowledge that until I get through the first few episodes that suck, maybe the next few will suck less, right? And as I get better over time, the suffering that my listener is going through, getting through this will be less. That's the hope. That's the goal. But I can never get to that end point, right? If I wanted to be the Joe Rogan of podcasting, which I don't, don't need to be, and will never get to that point. But if I wanted to be someone with 150 million downloads a month or whatever it is, it's probably 150 million a day, right? I don't know. It's an insane number of downloads. To include me, I've listened to that podcast several times. So if I want to be that person, it is impossible for me to get to episode 500, 600, He's in the thousands by now. Um, it's impossible to get there without doing episode number one. And so that's what I'm doing here. But it, it's easy to blame perfection. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to come off looking dumb, sounding dumb. I don't like the sound of my voice. I don't like how I look. And so that's why I didn't do videos for a long time. My name is difficult to pronounce. So I don't like sharing my name publicly or online or any of that. Right? I, I go through all of those moments. And then I, I finally say, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. It's going to sound weird. It's going to sound dumb. It, it may sound dumb to somebody, but it may resonate with somebody else. And if I reach one person, it's worth it. I do believe that. But then there's another side to it that I only recently was able to articulate. And again, with my coach's help, his name is Lucas. With Lucas's help, I... I I still have work to do, but I, I really started to peel back the onion, as it were, 
to get to the core of the problem. So today I said it would be about perfection, cynicism, and resistance. Uh, if you've read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, that entire book is talking about resistance, capital R, as a force in your life developed by you and your own psyche. It is internal, but incredibly powerful. And it is the thing that leads you to procrastinate, to wait till later in the day. It is the thing that has led me to wait to record this podcast until 3.19 p.m. I'm on the East Coast of the U.S. Well, I'm in Ohio, but I'm in Eastern time. And I had all these ideas floating around in my head. And I felt really good about recording this episode at nine o'clock this morning. But I had other things on the schedule. I'm in the middle of a virtual conference. I had a work meeting at 10 o'clock. I had other things to do, right? And so then fast forward to two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm dragging. I'm making my third cup of coffee for the day. And I'm like, I'm not going to get to the podcast. I don't feel like it. But what Lucas asks us to think about a lot is, do you not feel like it because it's not the right time, because you don't think it's the right answer, or do you not feel like it because you are getting in your own way because you're afraid? And the, truth, the true answer in my case is, I'm absolutely afraid. I'm scared out of my wits. Just to talk to this microphone and to talk to myself through my headphones, it isn't on its own scary. What's scary, right, is the fact that I will, I intend to, I will, I will publish this and I will link to it on social media and I will link to it online and immediately it becomes accessible by millions of people. Now, will millions of people listen to it? Probably not. But if even one person listens to it outside of my wife, if even one person listen listens to it, uh, that is me putting myself out there and I'm vulnerable to whatever they think. Hell, even if when my wife listens to it, right, I'll still be nervous to see what she thinks. So am I scared of that? Yeah, absolutely. But the other thing that I'm scared of and the other thing that I really had to spend time with this week was my own cynicism. And if there's one thing that you get out of this, if, if you get anything valuable out of this episode today, I'm hoping it's this. What really holds me back, not just as a leader, but as a coach now I've been a trainer, I've been a teacher, uh, and I've been a, a military member for a long time now. And I've just now recently defined myself as a coach and just now recently learned that I've actually been a coach a lot longer than I thought. And, I'll, and that's another episode in the queue. But my own cynicism scared me. So cynicism, commonly speaking, right, is, is what happens when you experience all the negatives of life, and it becomes difficult, if not impossible, to see the positive, right? So if, if this isn't you, uh, I'm envious, but you probably, if this isn't you, it could have been you in the past, uh, and or you know someone who is this person right now, the cynic. Uh, I've seen a lot of negatives in my past. I've dealt with my fair share of family tragedy, perhaps like you have, but in the context of coaching and teaching and leading others, what I've experienced that frustrates me the most is when, when an organization or when somebody high up in a position of authority says one thing, they espouse some value. I believe that you put yourself before your personal interest, or, or I, I believe you put the organization before your personal interest. 
That's the way I should have said it, right? In the Air Force, our second core value is service before self. And that's getting at you putting your personal interests secondary or even farther back to what the Air Force needs, to what your unit, your squadron needs. What makes me cynical and what frustrates me is when a senior leader in an organization, and this isn't about the Air Force or the military, to be clear, this happens in all sorts of places. When somebody high up says service before self or whatever your version of that is, put your personal interests aside and do what's right for the team. When you tell me that that's the value and I say, absolutely, I am in. Or worse yet, when my team members, my teammates, the folks who might report to me on paper, the teammates who rely on me to take care of them, when they put their heart and soul into the mission, whatever the quote unquote mission is, they put their heart and soul into it and then come to find out uh, they get punished for it on a performance appraisal. This is, an, this is a recent experience of mine. When a teammate does everything they can to support everyone else around them and they put themselves last, they put their family second, they put their spouse and their kids second, they're at work all the time, they're working from home, they're in the office, they're doing, they've got a laptop so they can carry work with them 24 seven. They put their personal health secondary, tertiary, they put their wellness, their hobbies, their educational goals, their personal aspiration, all that stuff is on the back burner because they're focused on helping the team at work. And then the accolade or the promotion or the, the reward at the end of that process doesn't materialize because in this case, that, that person who put everything else to the side to focus on the team didn't engage in any volunteer activity or any professional development or personal growth which isn't good, but he didn't because all the free time he did have, which there wasn't much of, he gave to his family, which I absolutely agree with. But because of that, he lost out ultimately because he didn't have some, some bullet point, right? Some checkbox check that said, I volunteered in the community. I took a class on basket weaving, whatever it is. I'm not trying to downplay basket weaving, right? But you understand my point, I think. What frustrates me is when we talk a big game and then it falls flat. If you haven't experienced this with a leader or a supervisor of yours, if you haven't experienced this in the company you work in, by golly, I'm jealous of you. I envy you. From what I can tell, a lot of us have experienced this. Military or not, for-profit, not-for-profit, schools, universities, doesn't matter, right? It's a human problem. And I'm not asking for perfection. I'm really not. But at the very least, when we are not meeting the values that we ourselves have set forth for everyone else, we at least should acknowledge that. So I'm getting to cynicism. I know I'm taking a really long path to get there. So when I think about when I meet people who are genuinely 
motivated, right? I've been in a conference all week this week with people who are genuinely excited to develop themselves, to learn about leadership, to learn how to help others to personal growth, right? I'm meeting other coaches, professional trainers, uh, HR professionals who work in large companies that are then applying coaching methodologies to help their coworkers, right? All these people that are super motivated, super excited. And what really bugs me is that I don't know if it's genuine. I don't know if it's real. And that's a really bad place to be. And it probably sounds really bad to you. And, and you can think less of me for that. But I have a really hard time believing that the, the nice, generous sounding, smiling people I encounter virtually or in person, I have a hard time believing that it's real, that they really care about the things they're talking about, that they really want to help me when they say, what can I do for you when they really, that they really care to hear how I feel when they say, how are you doing today? Right? What do you say when somebody asks you, how are you doing? If you say fine, when you're not fine, that's like most of us at some point, right? Certainly at work. Certainly if I'm asked by somebody who doesn't know who I am, when a store clerk asks me, if I'm at the bookstore and they say, how are you doing today? Oh, fine. Doing great. Did you find everything? Yeah. When the truth is, of course not. You had nothing that I was looking for, but I'm here anyway. We do that all the time. My problem is I, I transfer that. I translate that to my day-to-day, moment-by-moment outlook. Uh, and it's rough. And then comes the really tough question that I can't avoid. Am I just as much a fraud as I am scared everyone else is? Am I just as fake? Am I just as disingenuous? Am I, in fact, not representing myself any better than anyone else is in my own mind, as messed up as, as I am in my own mind right now? If I'm having trouble trusting everyone else, who's to say that I am any more trustworthy? Because I'm no better. I know that. Lord knows I've made enough mistakes over time to prove I'm just as human as anyone else. So am I just as bad as everyone else? Am I just as bad? And that, more than anything else, I think, is what holds me back. I've made a lot of mistakes trying to take care of other people. I've made a lot of mistakes as a teacher. I've made a lot of mistakes as a leader where I've thought I've been innovative uh, either I wasn't innovative enough or perhaps I was too much so, and that's not me trying to rationalize, right? Not, I'm not saying I was ahead of my time, as tempting as that can be. But I have learned the hard way that change, especially organizational change, should be incremental and slow. And we don't always have the benefit of incrementing uh, or going slow. But you know, if there's one thing the military forces you into, it forces you into a habit pattern where you change quickly because you're not in one place for very long. And I have in the past grossly 
overestimated my capability in pushing change and grossly underestimated the effect those ideas and that change would have on the people affected, my people, my team, my airmen, my fellow crew members, my students. When I give counsel, when I give advice, I do my best to listen, to ask questions, not to ask leading questions, really to elicit the response from the person so that they get to the solution on their own. It's a lot of why I'm drawn to coaching and I'm now building a coaching business to focus one-on-one -on, -one on aspiring leaders, on young managers and supervisors who are really looking to lead confidently and with courage. I do my best. And at the same time, I catch myself in the same meeting where I told myself, keep your mouth shut and listen, because this person, he or she has got a, an issue they really need to talk out. And they'll hit a pause or they'll ask me for my advice. Or they'll ask me, you know, what do you think? And the right answer is not always to tell the person what you think, right? The right answer might be a question or it might simply be to say, well, well, keep going. And I won't take that option. I'll ask, I'll say what I think, or I'll try to offer a solution when a solution is not the right answer at that moment. I've made a lot of mistakes. All of us make mistakes. I'm far from perfect. But what holds me back is the idea that I, I am pushing this, whatever you want to call it, this project forward. I'm pushing this project forward with the goal of helping everyone see how much stronger they can be when they trust themselves and focus on what the team needs from them versus trying to make everyone else happy, trying to make the boss happy, trying to fit into the company. Every one of us is gonna reach some ethical impasse in our professional career. And if we aren't confident enough to navigate it, if we don't have the value set locked in for ourselves, it can, it can be disastrous for us personally and for our team. That's what this project for me is about. That's what I hope it's about for clients, for folks who just follow us, simply who follow our messaging, readers of our articles. That's what I hope it is. But at the same time, I experience frustration and feel frustration with how, with how people suffer at the hands of bad leaders. I think to myself, how am I any better? And, and what worth can I possibly bring to have a conversation like this about leadership, about teaching, about coaching, about meeting someone in need more than halfway toward them. How can I have this conversation when I have failed at it so many times? If everyone else isn't genuine, how am I any, any better? So when I really think about it, I've, I've suffered from, suffered from, if that's the right word, cynicism for a long time. I've had my fair share of setbacks. I've been burned, if you want to call it that, by, by people. I'm sure you've been burned before, right? A lot of us have experienced this. None of this is, is probably unique to me. Or maybe it is. 
right? And that's, that's a whole other issue that I'll work myself through at some point. But once I realized that my own cynicism was actually holding me back because my own cynicism, if I took it to its logical conclusion, meant only one thing. That if, that if, that if we're short on leaders because we have too many people who aren't confident enough to lead without fearing the consequence, What's to say that I am in that position to help them get past their fear? Who's to say I'm any better? Who's to say I'm worth that or qualified to do that? So I asked this question of my coach the other day on, on Tuesday nights, we have a call and I'm talking to him and I, you know, some of it happens in, in a social media group, in a closed group on Facebook. So I had asked a question unrelated, and then I said, hey, is there a call tonight? And uh, he said, yeah, hey, what are you thinking about? Or what's, what's on your mind? And I just laid it out in this super long comment, uh, which I learned as a side note that there is a character limit to Facebook comments. I didn't realize that, uh, or at least there was for this group, maybe. It's special to the group, I don't know. I've never butted up against it before. So I wrote this long comment um, talking about cynicism and how do you get past how can I get past this strange dichotomy, right? Where I really think I have something to offer that can help young leaders see past all the confusing signals and help anybody really see past all of those pressures, all the external push and pulls that happen, especially when you're in a big organization and you're trying to make your boss happy, you're trying to make your peers happy. You've got a team of five or six or 10 looking at you for vision, for guidance, for direction for training, for your confidence in them, right? You've got all these people looking at you. And then on top of that, your spouse, your kids, extended family, maybe your parents, whatever. Everybody's got life going on. How do I help? How do I help people get past that? To lead without fear. When I have enough trouble just meeting someone else halfway and believing that they're genuine because I am so wrapped up in my own cynicism sometimes. So he took the question, he gave me a couple of thoughts and then said we would absolutely uh, talk about it on the call. And we did for, I don't know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Most of the call was actually focused on that. And what he offered back was uh, the idea of either or both. And he read a couple of pages out of um, Built to Last, right? So the same author who wrote Good to Great, uh, Jim Collins, I think is his name. I don't know why I forgot that. I've been hearing about Jim Collins a bunch lately. He, he was interviewed recently on Tim Ferriss' show. Certainly, if you, if you listen to podcasts at all, you probably know who Tim Ferriss is, author of the 4-Hour Workweek, the 4-Hour Book Series. Listen to the Jim Collins interviews. I would absolutely recommend it. But in Built to Last, there's a section where they talk about the extremes and companies that try to find a happy medium or that gray area between seeking profit and seeking service or seeking growth and seeking conservative control, conservative meaning, you know, trying to keep everything in a smaller radius, don't build too fast, don't add too many programs or things. According to his research, the companies, the organizations, the teams that try to find the happy medium and balance both actually don't do well. And some of them outright fail. 
the companies that succeed find a way to live at both extremes, often at the same time. So probably a mix of fatigue. I may have been sipping on a beverage of choice, right? I was, I was thinking through the reading and I'm like, I know this is, I know this is relevant, this is connected, but I couldn't see it. It took me some time to think about it. A couple other people chimed in. Uh, Lucas, our coach was adding, you know, his own flavor to it, his own experiences. He's been through his fair share of, of just shit. And, you know, the lesson ultimately was, at least from that night, that I, I don't have to choose between the struggle I have with my own mistakes, my own failings. You know, a lot of what brings me to this point in my life and a lot of what brings me to this space where I'm trying to share and push this message with others are all those failures, are all those mistakes. I've told every team I've ever worked with, my goal is to build a better replacement, right? I'm, I'm, I'm okay at this, but I want you to be absolutely 100% better than I ever could be while remaining true to yourself, right? We are, our job as leaders is to make is to pull your better self, your best self out of you and then help you make that better. It's not to make you better. I can't make you into a leader. I can't make you into a better whatever, a better pilot, a better teacher, better whatever. But I can help you do that for yourself. That's what coaches do. That's what leaders do, I think. And that's what I always wanted to do. And I made so many mistakes and hit so many potholes and ran us into so many roadblocks, right? And had to take different turns along the way. So on the one end of the spectrum, I'm, I'm beset by my own mistakes, which at the same time are, are what draw me to this space, to this moment, to this purpose, simply to help other people learn from them. Don't do what I did. Why make your own mistakes when you can learn from mine and make better ones? On the one end, I'm, I'm dealing with my own cynicism and my own resistance and my own holdbacks. And on the other end, I'm dealing with the frustration that I've had over time working for leaders that really weren't that great, teaching me a lot about what not to do, and then trying to use that knowledge to share a message to help people understand what does and doesn't work. And so in, in my mind, at least in this context, those are the two extremes. And I'm like, how, how am I supposed to live with those two extremes? And Lucas's answer simply was, you live with both extremes and you live in both extremes. And so that's what I'm doing right now. In this moment with you, I'm living in both extremes, scared to death about how this podcast episode is going to land because you might be thinking, my God, what a poser. Holy hell, what a poser. He has no business talking to anybody about anything. He just sounds like a preachy a-hole, whatever that response might be, right? So that's going to be the one extreme end. On the other end, maybe there's somebody who's like, okay, th this message makes sense. Part of this resonates. Some of it resonates. I've, I've lived in that exact place, right? If, if you are a friend of mine, if you know me personally, or if you know me or work with me, right, you're going you're gonna to know some of what I'm talking about. You, 
you've been there for part of this history, you can probably pick up on some of the details I'm leaving out. So maybe the message sticks with you a little bit more. If you've never met me, you don't know me, don't know where I'm coming from, maybe all you know of me is what you've seen on social media. I hope some of it still resonates, but it might not. I listen to podcasts all the time. I have a 30 minute commute to work or so. So it's a great opportunity to listen to stuff. And I, I listen to a whole, a whole boatload of them. My app is just filled with downloaded podcasts. I haven't got to yet. You know, and most of them are three hours plus in length, the Tim Ferriss shows the, uh, the Joe Rogan's, the Adam Grant's right. All these podcasts are in excess of an hour, if not two, three, four hours, the Jocko podcast, right. That's that sucker runs almost five sometimes. You know, and and all of them are are straight up. They say, you know, you're not going to like every episode you listen to. You may skip some. You may. I mean, I've done this. I've gotten halfway through an episode from one of those shows or from one of the other shows that I listen to. And I'm like, I'm not into this. And it's like reading a book. I find myself saying, well, I need to get to it to finish it. And then I'm like, what? Why? Certainly the podcaster doesn't care. I, I don't need you to finish this episode for me. Right. I, I could say it'd be easy for me to admit, yeah, I'd feel better about myself if you finished it. But the reality is, it doesn't matter if you finished it. If, you know, if this isn't landing for you, don't waste your time. I don't want to waste your time. Fast forward to the end, like pull the progress bar to the end and skip ahead to your next episode or to another show or to go do something else. So there's plenty of people out there doing this and, and they understand, right? It's not going to be hundred percent. It's not going to resonate with everybody. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to hate you either. And then it's going to be a large chunk of people who just don't care. There's millions of pot, literally millions of podcast shows out there. Billions of people who can listen. It is, it would be impossible, I think, or at least highly improbable, right? To listen to every single one of them. I learn of new ones every day and I always want to download one and try it out. And I'm like, there's no possible way. The only thing that has more space on my phone's hard drive right now, besides podcasts are pictures, right? And you know how big pictures are or how much space pictures take up. I have two kids and two dogs, thousands of photos of kids and dogs. The only other thing that takes up space on my phone are podcast episodes. It's, it's ridiculous. It's impossible to listen to them all. Okay, so what does that whole rant mean, right? Well, my cynicism holds me back. And it's a rough place to be. But I have to say, I think one of the other reasons why I finally am recording this today and will release it actually, probably really soon, probably by tomorrow, if I can get all the all the audio upload stuff right, is because the longer I wait, the less likely it is that it'll it'll publish. I had that issue when I started to make video. I had that issue when I started to write online and publish articles more often. Uh, the longer you wait, the less likely it is to happen, right? And that is resistance coming back at you. That's what Stephen Pressfield is talking about in War of Art, which I absolutely recommend you read, borrow, buy it, read it. Uh, and if you have read it, read it again. I read it just for the second time about a month ago, and it meant something totally different than when I read it a year before that. But that is resistance with a capital R. I, I, I come to podcasting, I think, not just enjoying them as a, as a consumer of them. 
I really enjoy listening to, there's a certain subset of shows that I really always look forward to when a new one comes out. And, and this gives me an opportunity to, to not just talk through what I'm thinking, but think through it for the first time. I don't have a script. I'm not reading anything. I had the episode idea. I had a nugget. I turn on the recording and I go. Uh, and so for some of you, that might not be enjoyable. This is a solo episode and I've just been riffing for a while now. Not every episode will be like this. I will be interviewing. Uh, we'll be talking to some cool people, both from my life and people I've met recently uh, from all walks of life. And we will get to some of those episodes and we were we are gonna have fun along the way. That, that much I know for sure. Um, but this platform makes a lot more sense for me. I don't like being on video. I don't like the way I look on video. I don't like the way I sound on video. But even with everything set up, I bought a microphone. I bought all the, the stuff, the filtering and the thing that goes on the microphone, right? So that you don't hear all the weird pops and squeaks and stuff. I got a, a thing that filters out the dogs barking and all that business. I've had this microphone for a month. And the pop filter and the stuff and the headphones. I've had it all for a month. And I'm just now recording episode number one. Right, so we, we do things to try to get past resistance. Buying stuff is an easy one or telling other people. I've been telling my wife, hey, I'm gonna record for like a month just to let you know, right? So that you can maybe keep the noise down. It's, it's, that's kind of the hint and she understands that and she's supportive. She is 100% supportive. She is 100% next to me. She understands, I think, how, how difficult, how much of a struggle it is for me to get past myself, to put myself out there. And even with that, I, I tell her that, and I even told her this morning, I'm going to record today. And I'm really just telling you because there's a 1% there's a greater chance I'll record if I simply tell you, because then she asked me, how did it go? And for many days in the last 30, I said that I didn't have it. And that's a crappy place to be. So what does that all mean? Cynicism's a bitch. I suffer from it. I struggle from it. I do not enjoy being a cynic. I know a couple of people who seem to enjoy it, they want to be the naysayer. They want to be the negative person. I genuinely don't enjoy it. And I, I find myself in that trap more often than I would like. And I've justified it by saying I'm the realist. I'm a pragmatist. I'm a whatever. I'm the person who's supposed to, I'm the devil's advocate. There's a place for that. We call it red teaming, right? When you're, when you're playing the other side to test the plan, there's a place for that. But if, but if you are cynical to the point where it holds you back from doing good somewhere else, from meeting someone else halfway, when someone reaches out to me for help and my first thought is, you don't really mean it, so I'm not going to ask you. What are you missing? What are you missing out on? I know I'm missing out, a lot, out on a lot by not engaging with folks, even in this conference I've been in, who are so excited about the work they're doing about the collaborations they're getting into with other people in this conference. And I'm just sitting back, I'm watching the sessions, I'm taking notes, I'm interested in what they're talking about, but I'm not engaging one-on-one -on -one with other people. I could be. The virtual platform's pretty good, actually. It lets you do all sorts of stuff, talk to people, meet people. But I'm not because I just, I, I'm stuck thinking, 
it can't be real, which is really a terrible place to live. And it's not true. It can't be true because they've been excited for three straight days. Right. And I don't think you could fake it for that long. Maybe you can, maybe you're that good of an actor, but I, you know, I don't think that's the case. So I am where I am for a variety of reasons. Enabled word is where it is for a variety of reasons. If you've made it this far in the episode, uh, I am genuinely deeply grateful that you gave me a shot. If you skipped around, no hard feelings, awesome. Uh, if you skipped to the end just to see what the end would sound like, no hard feelings. Uh, I've done that before too with, with different podcast episodes. I'm, I'm going to keep this project going because even as I talk right now, I've, I've gotten more comfortable. I've gotten, I think, a little bit more coherent maybe. And I realize um, I have more to say. And I know other people who have more to say. And they absolutely deserve the opportunity to say it. And if, and if I'm the reason or if I'm the vehicle for them to say what they need to say, then I will absolutely do that for them. And then here and there, I will still have a solo episode where I just talk to you on my own direct. Uh, I'm not perfect. I never will be. None of us ever will be. The only thing I can promise to my family, to my friends, to my teams at work, and to you is that I'm going to keep trying to get better, to get past myself, and to serve you in any way I can. Uh, Enable Word is now a family of projects. It is a project of projects. This is the last question. The title means a few different things. There's layers to it, and I'll get into those as time goes on. Enabled Leader is the new coaching program. It launches April 1st, and it's a one-on-one -on -one program for eight or 12 weeks, uh, and there's an option to go beyond that. I work with you and just you on becoming the leader you want to be. At the end of the day, we don't become the leaders we want to be because someone else makes us or forces us. It's because we take the action necessary. And that's what I'm here to do as a coach. Trainers deliver information and material. And yes, there is some training as part of the program. We've got a curriculum built. But ultimately, what a coach does is walk alongside you asks really good questions and pulls out of you the development. You, are, you have all the power in the world and all the power necessary to get better. A coach simply helps you tap it. And I realized recently with the help of another coach mentor that that's, that's where I'm called to be to help others find that potential in them. I can't make you do anything. You don't want me to make you do anything. But a few well-placed questions can go miles and miles into tapping an unseen, unheard of potential in someone. Enabled Leader is the one-on-one -on -one program. It launches April 1st. There'll be details on the website. Uh, and I will probably have another episode out between now and then with some more information. Becoming a person of influence is the group program. So I'm also a certified coach with the John Maxwell team. If you've never heard of John Maxwell, he has over 100 books published on leadership. He's an experienced pastor, business leader, and now company founder. 
And there's about 30,000 of us worldwide who are licensed to use not just the books themselves, but coaching materials, training material. Uh, we build mastermind programs out of them. So like book clubs and that kind of thing, just one hour, once a week, sometimes all the way up to five day training programs that we take into companies to really help you hone your leadership skills, how you communicate, how you connect with each other. Becoming a person of influence is focused really on folks who are in high stress, high tempo, high pace, fast paced environments who are struggling to balance their need and desire to lead well with all of the administrative burden and the management pressure that comes along with your job. More details on that coming up in the next couple of weeks. Also launches April 1st. Uh, and then I write, we, we publish in a variety of places. I've written uh, once for Entrepreneur. I'm about to submit another article for them. Um, enabledword.com is the website. It needs work. It is getting worked on. So just trust me, if you get there, if you navigate to the website uh, between now and probably next Friday, um, next Friday the 19th, if you're there between now and the 19th, it's not going to look pretty. It's going to look kind of old and stuck. Uh, but after March 19th, it should be that that weekend, 20th to 21st, it's going to look completely different. So bear with me on that. I'm going to shoot for a weekly release of this podcast. Um, we're hosted by Red Circle. So our website uh, will be in the description. It'll be on the website. I link to it through social media. And, and, you, and if you found us, you probably found this episode through social media. So I'm grateful that you clicked the link. That you clicked the link. Uh, absolutely subscribe if you liked any part of what what I talked about, maybe give me another shot and subscribe and you'll receive episode two uh, and we'll take it from there. I think this is probably a, a great spot to wrap up. Um, last thing I'll mention is uh, Lucas Rubix, R-U-B-I-X. He is not sponsoring this. Uh, he's not giving me money. In fact, I'm giving him money as my um, business and performance coach. I'll call him that. He does a lot of things. Uh, he has helped me a great deal. He and Sarah Dittmars, his partner, um, have helped a lot for me. And I know the other coaches that are in the program, if you are a coach, a business owner, uh, interested in investing in coaching, everyone, uh, can benefit from a coach, even for a short period of time. Uh, and especially coaches all need coaches because the development never stops and the learning should never stop. So lucasrubixrubix.com if you're interested in more information on him and on that company and on what they do. They've given me a lot and I know they can be helpful for you as well if you're interested. Be on the lookout for our programs coming up. Subscribe. Let me know in the comments what you think, good or bad. If you leave a review, leave an honest review is all I ask. It doesn't have to be five star. It doesn't have to be positive. I really want to know what you guys think. Uh, I really appreciate you giving me the time to uh, join you for a little while, and I will catch you next time.